to another episode of the Old Docker Connection, and uh, be it fortunate or unfortunate, I don't really have a whole lot to talk about right now. So I guess this opening's going to be a bit sparse. Um, we're still on the uh, birthday month, and uh, we review, not review, but uh, talk about our first video game. Uh, hope you enjoy it, because it won't be the last. And, uh, yeah, please enjoy. I noticed a lot of things coming back to this game. Uh, one that kind of stands out to me as uh, more amusing now than it was uh, back in the day was that uh, <laughs> all the samurais have this inexplicable pimp walk. <laughs> mm, it's not all of them. I think it's specifically the Kuro clan. Yeah, the uh, NPCs with the the big like hoop arms going and the uh-huh. swinging and the up the chest. sides and the chest out. Yeah, the head is they're like Michael Keaton and Batman. <laughs> Got to lean back to look up. Yeah. Yeah, um, and they're all short. Yeah, they're all well. It doesn't help that they they hunch. Like their knees, even when they're walking, their knees are super bent. Mm-hmm. They, they're bow-legged, too. Yeah. It's a really... The game has character. Yep. In every little facet of it. Yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> the, the, yes, that's... You heard right, dear listener. Game. So, when I came up with the concept of this podcast, and even its uh, predecessor, I'd always had working games related to the medium in mind, really anything related to the medium in mind or related to a theme month for this. And I'd initially thought uh, one of the Ghost in the Shell games was going to be the first video game done on this podcast, but um, Joe forced me to get creative again because, what is it, where is he at, Mike? He's at GDC. Yeah, doing game developer shit or something. The Game Developers Conference. And uh, hopefully I'm going to be recording a show with him so you can look out for the next NAGP returns to a resurrection. <laughs> to be that! Yeah we'll, yeah, we'll at the very least get something out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Till then, that initially this episode was going to be Bloodsport. Um, but yeah, we decided to go to a video game since it's me and Mike. Specifically a game me and Mike have a lot of fond memories of. Mm-hmm. And I guess you could kind of relate it to this podcast. It is a Japanese game. It's very... I don't want to say anime, but it's... If you're an anime fan, and if you like samurai shit, like, this shit is going to be your shit. Yeah, you're going to have fun with this. Yeah. I think it leads... I mean, it's got the wackiness the kind of wackiness you're used to finding in anime, but I think it's uh, veers more in the direction of the drama. Like how that weird, that mm-hmm. Japanese weirdness kind of gets depicted in live action. See, this is kind of... I think Kojima was really good at or sometimes is and sometimes isn't good at like the balance of wackiness versus like drama. Mm-hmm. I think this game for me strikes like a perfect balance of that. Uh, whereas I think Kojima sometimes kind of leans a little too far into the wacky 
or a little too ham-fistedly into the drama. I think this game is like this game is such a tight, focused package that mm-hmm. it, and it and it does for me it does almost everything right. Like there's hardly any missteps. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I kind of want to focus in on the uh, tight, the whole, like, like, I guess the tightness of it and mm-hmm. the fact that it's still kind of a, it's an open world, granted it's a very small one, but I, I, it, this is the game that I like to uh, point people to when you're talking about, like, uh, oh, the big one's always David Cage. Mm-hmm. Anyone trying to do games where your choices affect things mm-hmm. and has some element of non-linearity. Because I feel like this this does it best. In that, I mean, not only how, like that your choices affect stuff, how they affect things. This feels mm-hmm. like, unlike everything else, where like a lot of games you go into and it feels like it was just waiting for you to show up. It's got that sort of you're the chosen one element. But with this Mm -hmm. world, these events, you can easily deduce how they would play out had you not shown up. Mm -hmm. Like, you get enough of a feel for the characters to know, okay, this guy would have done this here, this would have happened there. And in some cases, it's definitely better for you being there, and in some cases, it's uh, maybe the maybe for worse. Yeah, like depending on how on, you want to be. Yeah, but you're not like full on savior of this town. Well, I guess you kind of are, but it doesn't Sometimes. quite. It doesn't quite feel like the this world here revolves around you. Yeah, you can never save anyone, and actually. Well, I want to say that you... There's no perfect run here. Yeah, you can't actually... I mean, there there is technically one, which we'll get to, but I think this, the way the story is um, and the story that they're telling, you're, you're... At the end of the day, you're still always going to be like a minor player in a historical event but I, who did something significant, mm-hmm. but... Um, but I think maybe we should back up and like explain what this game is. Yeah, I, I guess uh, the people who've played this know what we're talking about, but those who mm-hmm. haven't... Um, it's called Way of the Samurai. Yeah, in uh, Japanese and English, I believe. In Japanese, it's uh, Samurai Do, which is exact same meaning. Um, yeah. And it's... Uh, how would you describe the genre of this uh, Wikipedia says it's just called Samurai in Japan, but I don't know. But uh, the genre, yeah. I would say, well, in terms of gameplay, it is it's sort of like an action, almost fighting game. Yeah. Um, it's kind of ter- in a weird place between hack and slash and character action. Mm-hmm. It's a... Uh, it's sort of a choose-your-own-adventure. It's yeah. a period, period piece. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a samurai story. It's a it's an RPG, I guess I would say. Yeah, 
in kind of the Zelda sense of the term, I think. Well, in the uh, semantic sense of the term, it's mm-hmm. a role-playing game. Yeah. You play a role. Um, but it's it's very it's simple. Like the gameplay, they set out to do just a few things. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's hack and slash, but you you can take the sword of any enemy you kill mm-hmm. and so a lot of times they're unique and you get to when you get a new sword you don't know the moves but as you fight more with it you learn more new moves mm-hmm. and so there's that aspect of like the Japanese love that like collecting shit oh yeah I, I in <clears throat> both the games I've played I've kind of like gone the sword collector route <clears throat> I think I've done it so much it's my default now because when I went back to the first game it's immediately what I did. I killed a guy, got like a beefy ass sword and was like, oh shit. It begins again. Yeah. Um, So there's that element of like sword clicking and then there's the like choose your own adventure uh, as this is and well I guess the fighting is kind of like Pretty standard it controls a little bit like Soul Caliber, like a rudimentary Soul Caliber. Very much so, and there's, there's also like a block and push mm-hmm. and pull element to the defense. Yeah, uh, invasion, grabbing, uh, kicking. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's pretty deep for how simple it is. It's simple but effective. Yeah. Um, but it, it's it's really fun once you you get it down. It can be kind of like frustrating when you encounter tougher enemies and it's kind of a grind but it's still it's still fun um and then there's the where we talked about the choose your own adventure kind of there's a story this town is going through strife (laughs) Mm -hmm. and you interact with uh, a lot of different characters and you get to answer things. You get to join people or don't join people or join no one. Eventually, you kind of do have to side with people to finish. Or you can just leave. You can straight up walk through the town and then just bail. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. But there's... And then there's... It's basically... There's like... like I guess there's probably like... for. For there's like two days, right? Um, yeah, I think. Um, two or three. I always thought it was three, but I I feel like it's two. It's probably I, two. So for each day, there's like, and there's like how many different areas? There's about probably nine different areas, and maybe three or six of the areas at a time will have something going on that you can interact with, like a character Mm -hmm. you encounter that will change something further down the line or give you information or a character that you can kill at a certain period of time or, or let live. And that affects the story. Uh, So it's, but the you know it's very contained in those two days, so the 
the options kind of don't build out of control and you don't get like the heavy rain problem of mm-hmm. I'm making decisions that don't actually matter, but it feels like I'm making decisions. Like pretty, most of the decisions you make in this game have consequences. It's just, it's designed more for replayability rather than to ram a narrative down your mm-hmm. throat that you can kind of influence. You're basically in control of uh, who lives and who dies. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is and the thing I give that I will always give this over like a David Cage game, and um, well, definitely David Cage. I don't know to the degree of being over uh, like a Bioware type deal, but um, it's that they keep things small, they keep it contained, mm-hmm. and uh, in doing that, while things don't feel quite as big, they feel a lot more real. Feels a lot more. Uh, in depth, and it uh, really gives you time to appreciate the characters, especially when you go through again, play it, play another route, and this guy who was like a minor enemy to you is now your best friend. Yeah, that's something that's really charming. It's almost like Tarantino esque. Like, I played it three times today. That's how, how quick quickly you can go through. It's like one or two hour game depending on how you play mm-hmm. like, but you always want to replay it I think the first time the big conundrum is you you like save you can save a girl and then she'll you invite you to her family's restaurant mm-hmm. and and then they'll be attacked by some uh, a clan of samurai mm-hmm. and you can actually like I think the first time I did I just sat there and watched it happen. <laughs> <laughs> just cause uh, I think my I had different intents for every playthrough, and I really yeah. love that the game allows for that. So my mm-hmm. first one was like, okay, I'm gonna uh, I'm just gonna kind of do my thing and avoid confrontation. If if I if I don't have to fight, then I don't have to. I'm just gonna, but I'm gonna make it through to the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and another thing is, I played on normal, which I always do when I haven't played this for a long time. But I remember, like, I always remember that normal's a lot harder than easy. Oh yeah, it's like much harder. Um, but but anyway, I, I let them fuck up the shack, and then I was like, oh, that was terrible. Like, oh, <laughs> See, that was unpleasant. Yeah. Yeah, but then on my last playthrough, I did. The we call it the mega happy ending, but that's it's not everybody survives, but uh, it's where the most amount of people survive, and you kind of unite these two clans and get it. So I was on the side of the people who were invading this restaurant, mm-hmm. and I had to. So you get to see the little dialogue of what they're actually saying before they go in the restaurant, like. Mm-hmm. We're gonna. They won't. We're trying to evict them. They won't listen to reason. So we gotta go kick them out. Mm-hmm. But that's just that's kind of a prime example of of how this game works. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, kind of like uh, getting a feel for all the characters. It really kind of drives you uh, towards wanting to figure out how to get that mega happy ending. Hmm. Because the other thing is, is, depending upon how things go, characters can and will die. 
It happens. I, I did manage to to get the mega happy ending on the last one. Now, here's the question: Which mega happy ending are you talking about? The actual mega happy ending. Well, yeah, there's the one that's supposed to be the mega happy ending, and then there's the one that I consider to be the closest to a mega happy ending. <laughs> where you just, uh, wait, um, should we worry about spoilers here? Uh, I don't think so. It's a pretty old game, and if it's hard to dig up. Okay. Well, uh, spoiler start now, I guess. <laughs> uh, my go-to mega happy ending is the one where you just bail with everyone. Including Subahachi. Hmm. Which one is is that? It's, that's where you. It's a variant on the like villager ending. Mm-hmm. That's right. So you so Don Sands, Don San, Dojima, and Subahachi. Yeah. So basically, yeah, just the the townspeople. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. The reason why I don't like what's supposed to be the mega happy ending is just, just like <laughs> someone does die, and it's kind of dirty <laughs> that they still kind of like treat this like a super happy ending. Because it's like, yeah, fuck him, he was a dirty foreigner. Well, they're not like fuck him. He gets a nice little at the end, <laughs> a goofy ass picture in the clouds. Yeah. Oh like, God. You can see this guy dies, but he's the only casualty, and. You get your happy, everyone standing there and yeah, his, con- his out. Congratulations, you saved all the people who've been tormenting these townsfolk <laughs> and making their lives hell. Yeah. I don't know if they were really deserving of all that, which is why I don't consider that to be the super mega happy ending. Or wait, I think I actually, that was my second playthrough that I did the mega happy ending. Mm-hmm. I think the, the one that I just did... I actually made it a point to. And sort of, it was like three quarters of the way through the playthrough. I was like, I wonder how many of the Kuro clan I can get killed. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you can much, fuck them up. Yeah, it was pretty much all of them except for Shiritoko san. Yeah. Wait, no, I could have swore. Oh, wait, no, you have to. Wait, don't you. Wait, no, I'm pretty sure you can kill him too. Well, you can, but this was the most, the highest amount that I could take out. See, I could have sworn you could go up to that that secret meeting Mm -hmm. and say something that'll get all of them to turn on you. Mm -hmm. I think, though, you know what it is? is I think maybe you have to not be aligned with them. I think so. Uh... And then you show up and they tell Shirotoku, oh yeah, he was here being evil. And then... Mm -hmm. Yeah, and nobody runs off. I think you're right. Cause I remember going over to like that that you know the big meetup at the foundry, and it was just like uh, the old man and Subahachi, and I was like, "Damn, <laughs> I'm fucking <laughs> evil." <laughs> yeah. So I think I was doing a playthrough, not just the mm. Kuro clan. I was trying to see like how much of the town I could obliterate. <laughs> before that final point see that that's the problem i think is your your tsubahashi was there i killed tsubahashi while i was rescuing don sand and while you're doing that is when the other meeting happens and 
I'm not sure if it's randomized or not, but later on when they were all together, they were like, oh, as you know, uh, Mura, Murasami was killed. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure, was just standing there. Yeah. Which is funny when you've played through the game because you, you know he's the one that killed her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that's a funny thing, too. Like, um, what was it? If you... Um, see, I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it does happen regardless. But uh, I don't remember this guy's name. He was like the sort of lieutenant of uh, Kicho's faction. Uh, Cardi B. And like he's there for a minute and then gone and then finding out that, yeah, him and Kicho got into a fight and Kicho busted out that infinite combo on his ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, another where that's part of the mega happy ending where you have to be. Yeah, you have sh- to be there and you fight what's his name and then spare him. Uh huh. But you can actually kill him or you can watch Kicho kill him. Yeah. But or you can fuck up during the fight and Kicho will jump in the savior ass and kill him. <laughs> yeah, there's just so many like it's all these little things and they add up to this. You just want to keep going back and back. Like now, I want to go back and fucking see if I can kill, like take out the cop, mm-hmm. uh, Shiritoko, and because I I'm not sure if you can kill Tsubahachi later. Because at, at at a certain point, you the two clans do a lot, no matter how many you kill. Uh, mm-hmm. Or 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 not. I. I See, I want to do Kuro straight through because I feel like you might be able to. Because I know you can kill Kicho. Yeah, well, that's that's the last, not the last fight, but it's I guess the penultimate battle. Like, you think it's the final battle, and then some more betrayal happens. You have to fight it. You literally fight him on top of that foundry thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I... I was playing the game on normal, and then like uh, Kuro's like, "Okay, go on up there and kill him," and I'm like. My life's almost nil. You go up there and kill him, you old <laughs> shit. You mean Teshin. Yeah, yeah, Teshin. I'm like, old-ass Heihachi-looking mm. motherfucker. Yeah. Go up there and do it. I already fought all your battles. I saved your goddamn kid. I kept your wife from getting murdered, even though she was cheating <laughs> on the son. <sighs> They're lucky yeah. they pay well. I think on my last playthrough, I wanted to get hella money. And that's, that's the one I did today. I was, well, I wanted to steal a safe, is why. Yeah, I, I worked for the Kuros uh, up until that point, and then decided to help steal the safe. So how much did you get the safe? Uh, yeah, well, I I got the safe, but I didn't kill Donsan for it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you get more if you do that. I can't remember quite honestly. But mm. I think uh, when I brought him back, I only got 20, whatchamacallit, for it. Yeah, I got fucking 14. And that was after Susie son gave me a down payment before I went off, because I, I requested money. <laughs> yeah, I only got three for the down payment. Yeah, <laughs> so I think she This is all I got, and I'm like, damn, you broke. Three or four. But at that point, I had already... Let's see. I think I was actually... I did the the cheat where you can play as any character and I was playing as her mm. and I named her Latrine and uh, <laughs> I let's see what did I do I think I saved her and and then 
I went and saw down Don Sand below the bridge, mm-hmm. and I went in there. I think with my sword drawn, and I think I put it away. And oh yeah, that's right. I after a while I told Shuritoko-san to stop tearing the place up. Mm-hmm. It's just like, and then he asked if I would join them, and I said yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I think that's what I did. Because I, I know she was scared of me when I showed up at night and she wanted my help. Yeah. I was really tempted to take it full scumbag and be like, spend one night with me. <laughs> <laughs> but I went for the money. And she gave me a little bit of She was like, oh, this is all I have, which is really sad because it was only like three. <laughs> yeah, though I guess uh, being a townsperson, you don't need a whole lot of money. Mm-hmm. They, they actually go a bit in depth into that in a two. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, so I went and got, I went and killed Subahachi. I slashed my way through all the rooms and found him, killed him, and then brought Donsan back, and we got the safe, and he only gave me 14 yen. So, I'm curious if I kill him and bring it back, do I get more money? Uh, I want to say... Yeah, hmm. but I can't. I can't remember for certain because I think I've done like uh, two. Like I've got like two money archetype characters. One is just like very mercenary, but is honor bound to the job, <laughs> and the other is just like fuck you. I want money, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure I did the route where I either killed Don San or let him get killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can really fuck up Susie San's whole shit. Like you can traumatize that girl. Yeah, you can. Oof, yeah. Yeah, you can like save her and then pull out your sword and and scare her and then you can scare her again at the restaurant and then you can so you can just do all kinds of terrible psychological <laughs> damage yeah. attack her her grandpa mm-hmm. he's invincible though yeah he won't die but I, I like the grandpa kirikichi son I think yeah he's kind of senile I forgot that he, if you talk to him and ask him who he is he's like I'm James Bond yeah uh, he does say Bond James, James Bond <laughs> Which I kind of wonder about what the translation for that was like. Like, did they use famous Japanese figures for that dialogue in Japan? Um, I feel like there's probably a bit more to the dialogue than we can pick up on YouTube. Mm-hmm. The whole... Yeah, especially since normally... Um, what was I going to say? Normally, oh god, not again. Brain farts, sorry. Um, yeah, forget it. Whatever I was going to say was clearly not important. <laughs> um, I think most of the, like, the weird pop culture shit was through him on account of his senility, though. Mm-hmm. For the most part, the dialogue in here is uh, pretty... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? It's, uh... 
I don't know if period correct is the right way to say it because like, it's it matches the tone. It is. It's the translation is pretty funny and kind of spotty at times, but it, it kind of just adds to the charm, especially with the mumbles. Oh yeah. Yeah. So if you've never played it, it's sort of like Zelda, and but a little more. Like if Zelda were, I think Zelda was teen. If Zelda were rated a little higher, mm-hmm. so some more aggressive grunts in yeah. there, uh, which is a, and they're pretty insane. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially <laughs> the, the the henchmen's. Yeah, that, <laughs> like they practically growl. <laughs> yeah, it's very much. Uh, they kind of sound like they're in. Like an old Chinese kung fu movie. Mm-hmm. Duh. <laughs> yeah. Which I appreciate. Like they're yeah, they're using the battle cries from an old like kung fu movie dub or something. Yeah, one of those old dubs that used to have like guys talking like it's the forties over it for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was normally the guy who had that voice was normally like a skeezy dude. Like he was like mm-hmm. a a liar or a coward and he'd be <laughs> yeah the guy in Chinese connection with the glasses yeah I always remember when he sees the dancing girl he's like oh my that was entertaining I've never seen anything quite like that yeah um, I think I said that to myself in my head and then hit rewind <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> if you've seen Chinese Connection uh, in your teens, then you know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, no more need be said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh... you have a favorite character in this game? Favorite character? I think I have a couple. Um... Like, uh, I guess to do it rapid fire, because I would like to go in depth on some of these guys. Um, right off the bat, the moment I saw Don San, I was like, <laughs> yes, it's you, you, you are me. We are one and the same. Yeah. So I guess he's basically my spirit animal. Animal. Mm-hmm. Um... <laughs> Uh, some of like the uh, character designs I really liked were outside of Dawn was uh, I think my two favorites are Subahachi and Kicho. Hmm. Something I was never about, a f- something about Kicho's design is just kind of fun to look at, and I think some of it is just the way the colors are put together on them. Kicho, I, I'm, never... I'm, I'm mixing them up. I mean Subahachi. Really, I just like oh. Kicho's jacket. Yeah, Kicho looks very... uh, He never did it for me. Uh, As a character, he's kind of black to me, other than, like, I can remember having that kind of shittiness to me. I mean, I like his character fine enough, but Mm -hmm. as far as his design, I just think he's sort of... It's just the coat. And his shirt. Oh, yeah, that fucking net net shirt. (laughs) (laughs) It's very, like late 90s fashion it's a bit weird like really his crew is a bit odd in that they're like 
they're supposed to be the ones uh, standing in opposition to reform, but they all look like foreigners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's well, one of them is one a foreigner. Flat out is a foreigner. She's yeah. a blonde girl with gigantic tits, which is pretty tight. Actually, she's French, right? Yeah, I think she's supposed to be a fencer, but they have her using the style that looks like a Chinese uh, straight sword, like the mm-hmm. way she fights. Yeah. <laughs> the way she dies is pretty funny. Though she is wearing a Chinese dress, so maybe it's supposed to indicate she's mm-hmm. just traveled a lot. I suppose so. I mean, clearly she's in Japan. Yeah. But, uh... The way she falls, it just looks like something straight out of a feminist frequency montage. Oh, oh, oh yeah, doesn't she have that I got the vapors fall? Yeah, that's how she dies. <laughs> Very classy way to go out. Yeah, you gotta look cool. Uh-huh. Gotta look proper. You have to die properly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, I think my... I definitely appreciate Don San. As soon as I saw him, I was like, this game is different, and I mm. like it. Yeah. Uh, to me, he's kind of like the poster boy for the for the game. Um, he kind of is. Yeah. Which I'll get into later. And it, he sort of just makes sense as the mm. poster boy, because he's like a... It's, it's just... It's fun. It's like... Yeah. This is like... Probably something that didn't happen, but like, it's cool and we like it. Yeah, it's combining two things we like. So fuck it, we're gonna make it make sense. Yeah, I think you you want to put him in like somewhere on the cover uh, when you're selling this to, I guess, a Western audience. Because mm-hmm. it's kind of like letting you know, okay, he's there indicating that okay we're not taking this super seriously but we're also super into this mm-hmm. uh, but I think my favorite characters are Shiritoko-san oh yeah I, I really appreciate he, he seems he's like the He's like the Harrison Ford of the game. <laughs> he's just been around for a while, and he's good at what he does, and he's loyal and very wise and steadfast and trustworthy. Yeah, and though it's it's kind of like uh, this game's Harrison Ford with some Japanese tropes thrown in. Yeah. There's kind of a battle nanny element to him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, he's literally, he takes the, he's the, the servant. Yeah. He takes his uh, master's baby for a walk at sunset. Yeah, but he's very much like the, like, sort of the combat butler, for lack he's of like a better Alfred. term. He's very much like Alfred, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where he's like, he'll, he'll wash their clothes, he'll watch the kid, and then he'll also fight their enemies. Yeah, I don't know about washing clothes, but... I wouldn't be surprised. At the very least, you know he's watching the person who does it. Mm-hmm. He's very much like he strikes me as like the lieutenant, or the mm-hmm. maybe the right hand man, and he uh, feels kind of. I, I I don't know if he he gets acknowledged as such in front of everybody. He's no, definitely he the he's definitely the backbone of that group. Yeah, he's 
definitely he, he's the one that's the cool head that's going to be calling the shots if Teshin's not around and Mura, Murasaki or whatever her name is isn't around either. See, I feel like um, you literally, literally, you get rid of him and the Kuro family falls apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like there's an analog to his character in some other piece of fiction, but I'm kind of kind of lost it. He's because he's sort of like Batman. Hmm. I said outside of oh, Batman because yeah. he's Alfred, flat out. But he's very much. He's like the. He's not quite the brains of the operation, but he—you're right—he is the backbone in that. You know what? Especially, he is? he's the nervous system. In that, you know, in that moment where you you bust in on on Teshin, the head of the group's wife, uh, Murasami, meeting with a cop having an affair, and then he comes in, you can easily convince him and say. Uh, please pardon her and he basically is just like you know what I'm going to keep this to myself because we don't need this right now yeah he's 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 making a very he's he's basically overstepping the executive branch and making a decision for the entire yeah well being uh, for the good of everybody or as mm-hmm. he sees it for, yeah for the good for the good of the clan the entire clan I'm going to overlook this and it happens because you're there Mm -hmm. and you're now his like most trusted confidant yeah which which i really i like that role uh because you can also uh kill the cop and her with him yeah and i i always it always i've talked about this before but it always stuck with me after you do that He's like, was this the right thing to do? And then he puts away his sword and he's like, nope, I have no regrets. <laughs> and I was like, wow, I wish I could. That's how that's, he lives. That's like, I admire that. Yeah. It's funny, as uh, I, I talk about him being uh, the main character's best friend if you play things out that way, but the game actually confirms it for you. Hmm. It's like uh, one of... I don't know if this is information you get from Toyoko-san or if it's just something you randomly hear from somebody. He does say it. Okay. Yeah. We're, uh, yeah. A running gag between me and you and anyone who was around us when we were playing this game is eat the peep. Mm-hmm. And there's, honest to God, a little peep candy hanging around in one area of the game. Uh, I already forgot his name. Toyoko. Yeah, Toyoko is... It's one of the weird bits of information he'll give you that if somebody gives you one of those, it means they acknowledge you as, like, a dear friend. Um, interesting thing about dialogue in this game is that in a lot of cases you can trigger it or utilize it even, like, while you're fighting. Mm-hmm. And if you're fighting and you uh, tell Shirotoko, like, I need help, he'll throw you a peep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I think a, a lot of characters will do that, mm-hmm. um, depending on how things play out. But yeah, Wikipedia says that guy's first name is Enzon, which I don't know how they got that information. Hmm. Enzon Toyoko. Yeah. But uh, he is actually probably my other favorite character. He's pretty cool. Yeah, he is cool. He, he's just like... 
something about that dude just seems like free like yeah he, he knows, goes he, where the wind takes him yeah he knows what he is and if he sees that same thing in you he'll take note mm-hmm. and compliment you mm-hmm. and uh he's down to spar and he just has a really cool kimono yeah i think i think something about the kimono is one of the few instances where i find colors i wouldn't normally wear more appealing mm-hmm. like if i could find one i would straight up wear a pink kimono flat out <laughs> is it pink i think it's oh no purple. his is purple yeah but it's in that same sort of color spectrum i don't think works on me normally mm. yeah um, I really I dig his design, and mm-hmm. I, I do I do like Shuri Togo-san's design too. He, you know what the other thing about him is he kind of reminds me of Chow Yun Fat. I think it's the hair. It is, and his face is kind of round. Yeah. But yeah, I think like if you did do like a way of the samurai movie in the states, that's who you want to cast. Because <laughs> I think I yeah. think I think Chow Yun Fat could do the suffering straight man pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> That's he is like he's got some pain to him, but he yeah. he's got a handle that I think is the mm-hmm. so appealing. He's like the experienced veteran. Yeah, he's like those characters. He's definitely the guy you want on on your team, whether it's you want him leading it or you just want someone who kind of like has a has a good idea of what to do. If he's not leading, he's definitely the advisor, and I think. <laughs> Uh, Kicho's faction really needed somebody like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because those guys are just like a, like a pocket of loose cannons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. They are just yeah. all over the goddamn place. And I'm guessing they're supposed to reflect youth, whereas the Kuros are supposed to reflect experience. Mm-hmm. But they are fucking off the wall. <laughs> yeah, the way they dress and... The way they act. Karibe's got like this weird he's like, insane like 90's hacker haircut yeah and I, I'm trying to figure out if he's wearing a weird shirt but now that I was looking at it today I feel like it might have been like weird tattoos I, I can't I'm looking at it right now and I'm not completely sure or like it might be like some weird Mad Max shit where the red parts are armor and the black mm-hmm. parts are like a shirt or tattoos or something mm-hmm the reason why I thought it had to be closed is because the rest of their uh, henchmen's all wear outfits like that. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they're fucking super like eighties. They're they look like they're out of the Warriors or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they do look like a gang out the Warriors. Mm-hmm. With their weird bandanas that cover their eyes almost. Mm-hmm. How do they see? <laughs> And they live right by a train station. It doesn't seem smart. Yeah. <laughs> they also got a little farm going. Yeah. Oh, let's see. What was I going right. to say? Um, oh. Yeah, I think the closest thing they have to serve an advisor is maybe the skeeziest motherfucker in this game. <laughs> yeah the government spy other than the main character if you choose to be so yeah depending you can't out skis <laughs> this guy but it takes some effort 
Yeah. Oh, that's the other, the mega happy ending where you get up to the point where you corner the bad guy and then you can just join him. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, that's the mega evil ending. Regardless of, like, how good you're doing, you get a rank, like, samurai traitor and it's only, like, five points or some shit. <laughs> yeah. There's, that's the thing is there's only, like, six or seven different endings. Mm-hmm. But you can keep depending on how you play the game, it keeps track of everything and you get different rankings that give you more points that help you unlock more clothes and more faces. Mm-hmm. Which is cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's just another kind of thing that, like, chase after is... Because it unlocks pretty slow. So you can, like, go through and be like, how many people can I kill? Mm-hmm. Oh man, I even get to the fucking Battle Royale guy. Remember that? At the Foundry? Battle Royale guy? Talk to a guy and he'll tell you the history of the Foundry and then I think you can like he's part of the the Kuro clan and then he'll he'll throw like a hundred guys at you pay Mm -hmm. money for it. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, you can help our guys train by fighting them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think they, they added that element into two in the form of, like, a means of making amends with a, a, a faction you've uh, alienated hmm. via being pursuing your own faction or because you did some fucked up shit. Uh, this includes... Um, if you're like fucking with the townspeople, mm. you do the hundred man battle and you fight uh, any number of guys. And once you do that, I don't know if your status is reset back to sort of zero, or if it's like a specific algorithm. Like you kill this guy, your thing goes, your infamy goes down a point. Mm-hmm. But they kept it. Yeah, two was a pretty good expansion on one. Yeah. I really like two. I think two, I ran it up. Haven't played enough of four to really count it, but I think two is my favorite. And I think it'll probably mm-hmm. remain my favorite. Yeah. It's so well done. It, it is. It's the added voice acting and uh, the ability to carry items and decorate your character, and the story's a little bigger. And it's just kind of the same thing, but bigger. Yeah, the world's a bit more developed. Uh, one of the things mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier is that uh, money and economy plays a bigger role in this game. Mm-hmm. In, in 2, I, I, I mean, um, every faction, the big thing about them is that they'll all offer you work. And how well you go about doing this jo- these jobs uh, moves towards, I guess, your ending, but also certain perks you'll have throughout the game mm-hmm. um, yeah I definitely think doing the fact I don't know if you have to do the factions to unlock certain uh, quests but they do kind of like make things easier let you uh, get money buy stuff all of that and it just adds to the feel of the world mm-hmm. it also uh, economy and money is a big thing kind of driving the plot in this game in uh, two, and the thing I like about two is that no matter which faction you join, there's dirt everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, spoilers for two, because I think like the biggest one for me, <laughs> to the degree that I wanted to make a T-shirt of it, 
is uh, you gotta you put up with this um, this doctor, this medic, this whatever. I'm not sure what the word I'm looking for is. Who's constantly giving you and every other samurai in the village shit? It's like you're all mm-hmm. monsters. You're all wielding. You're all psychos with butcher knives, and you're crazy. You're just evil. Fuck you. Even when you do something nice, yeah, I guess it's okay. But you're evil. And then you find out he's the fucking drug kingpin. <laughs> <laughs> what? I didn't know that. Yeah, it's it's the reason why everyone's after the little girl. Um, so it. The, the little girl, the cub, to the lone wolf and cub scenario, which is maybe right. my favorite way of the samurai ending ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's used to pass messages along because she can't read, write, yeah. or speak. I remember that. But isn't he cool with you teaching her how to read? He's cool with you doing that, but if you interact with him at any other time, he still treats you like shit. But I mean, like, as far as, I guess he's a drug, how, like, how big of a drug pusher is he? Um, I'm not sure how much of the... I, I'm pretty sure... I'm trying to remember what the name of the drug... If, if it was like opium or something. It had to be opium. Because it factors into more than just his route. Like, you come across this medicine peddler early on... And you find out he's the, uh... He's the dealer. This, uh... <laughs> the doctor is the creator. <laughs> um... And you you come across that medicine guy, I think, early on and maybe in one other story path. Um, but in one of the Yakuza routes, I guess the good guy Yakuza route, you'll find the uh, old boss's daughter taking drugs away from this one woman who's hooked. And mm. I think it's the same drug. Hmm. Interesting. And, like, I... I'm pretty sure there was a big thing where it's like... Uh, the townspeople are trying to like make their own way so they don't have to let either the Yakuza show up and kind of control the economy or fuck with these magistrates who are kind of dirty too. Hmm. I want to say the drugs are also why that like business guy shows up at the end of the game if you don't pick a side and he's like, yeah, can you do me a favor and go kill this guy? It'll make it worth your while. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. I I bought that game off of like GameStop's website, and it showed up with a tiny little mark on the top of the on the on the label, and mm-hmm. it like fucked up certain parts of it. Mm-hmm. So, I, so I couldn't. I, I would always run into parts that were just broken. Ah, that sucks. Or it would stop working. Mm-hmm. It pissed me off. I can't remember where I got my copy. I may have just got it at a GameStop at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did you play much of Way of the Samurai 3? I haven't gotten to play any of that one, which is unfortunate because I was looking it up and, like, it's the only one that isn't about the samurai's decline. Hmm. It's supposed to take place during the uh, Sengoku period. Yeah, the, I've played uh, a little States bit. Period. But... I have it on a on, on my PS3, but it's I may have told you this before, but it's basically it's the same engine, mm-hmm. but they tried to get it. They tried to they're like, oh, we will just use the same engine and make it better and run it on PS3, and it sort of doesn't. 
work. Like the areas are bigger, but now they're too big and they feel too empty. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's just not as tight, and I I never even made it all the way through any of my playthroughs. Ah, that sucks. Um, just because it was, you know, you get a task and then, like, you run around trying to find where you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I, I do want to go back to it and give it another shot, but it's also kind of like, it's like they tried to push their engine too much, and and it mm-hmm. wasn't designed to be pushed that way. Even though the PS3 is probably more powerful, yeah, I feel like they didn't understand how to make it actually how to optimize it for ps3 mm-hmm. so it feels like i think it runs it feels like it runs a little differently like a little more sluggishly and it's kind of hard to it felt hard to find things to do mm-hmm. um so yeah i was i was kind of disappointed but how is, does four feel like that at all? Is it this, did they make a new engine? I it's definitely. A, I feel like it's definitely a new engine. I know they've increased the number of stuff, the amount of stuff you could do. I think at one point I actually saw a let's play of it where someone was using a gun. <laughs> you can like get a hold of a rifle. The interesting element about four is that there's even though it's it's the same story just looping. There's a continuous element to it where the stuff you did in the prior game affects the world when you restart it. <laughs> the two examples I saw is like if you kill like a shit ton of people, there's a lot more guards around the next time you uh, <laughs> start the game. And the big one that I found interesting was uh, there's a big foreign presence in that game, which I did see when I played a little bit of it, though <laughs> you can't understand them. However, if you do a certain faction quest, it results... I think if you do certain faction quests, the next time you start the game, there are English schools, or like a school for English there. Hmm. And I think you can either learn it, or it's assumed that you went to that school, so you already can understand the foreigners. Hmm. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I... You got that on Steam, right? Yep. And it, well, I guess it runs on your computer. Mm-hmm. So I guess it'd probably run on mine. I yeah, I don't try that. Out. Works with a controller. Yeah. Only reason why I didn't play a lot of it is like it was actually while playing that I realized that my uh, first uh, 360 controller broke. Hmm. So one of the buttons wasn't working. Hmm. But was it? Did it feel fun? It felt good. It felt all right. Cool. It's that, a lot more wacky. That makes me feel better because three was so hard for me to get into. I was yeah. so disappointed. I think I heard a lot of people were like that was like maybe the low point for the series. Hmm. Has there been a five? No, I think outside of those four, the only thing you have left are uh, spinoffs. I want to hmm. say I heard rumors of a five being in development, but I'm not hmm. sure. So there is Samurai Western, which did you play? I I, I beat the shit out of that game. <laughs> yeah, I I rented that on GameFly back in the day. That's how I that's how I beat it. Wait. I rented it on uh, GameFly. Mm-hmm. I played the goddamn shit out of it. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Uh, I don't remember much about it except for it was a lot more. It was more character action 
uh, which it's, is cool. It's a bit more serious, mm-hmm. but still kind of has like the Japanese wackiness to it. Yeah, like, you it know, felt control... very much like they were trying to match the tone closer to. I don't know if it was closer to what a Western audience wanted as much as mm-hmm. maybe the feel of a Western. Yeah. Um, do you? You know, there's no decision making in that game, right? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. It's uh, though it is canonically tied. Yeah. Me. You get to see the origins of Don Sand. Yeah, and you find out uh, Teshin's sword. You get some of the history of Teshin's sword. Hmm. I sort of remember that, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then there's, uh, uh, I guess, Way of the Ninja, which for some reason we never got in the States. Nope. I think but it was they got a it. PSP, was it a PSP exclusive? I feel like it was for Europe. Yeah, they did get it in Europe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why wouldn't they port it over here? They don't. The language is already there. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just. Yeah. Because they do have to like manufacture all new shit because of the territory difference and the region locking. Yeah. So probably like the numbers for Way of the Samurai here were probably already so low. Yeah. Like combine that with the low adoption rate of the PSP, and that's probably why. Yeah. Shit. Uh, I do. I hopefully I will get my hands on that someday. Uh, I could probably find some way to get it to you. Mm-hmm. Wink. <laughs> Have you ever played it? No. At least not yet. It seemed pretty cool. Really, I kind of wish there were more games like this. That were kind of like tight, uh, small, like, not quite bite-sized experiences. But a bit smaller, a bit more concise, and a bit more precise. Precise? Precise? Am I saying that wrong? Precise? Yeah. It seems like everything here was kind of like measured and cut like to the level. Like someone like made like a map of this game and just kind of poured over it looking for cracks to fill yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the first one. Mm-hmm. It's it's a very there's always somewhere to go and something to do and a decision to be made. Um, Cause it's funny how linear it is in that way, but how open it is mm-hmm. and that you can do lots of different things. Um, yeah. not everything, not every interaction or choice you make advances the story. So like, you can ha- like, I think there's a point over by the foundry where Subahachi is uh, sparring with some of the henchmen, and then he offers to spar mm-hmm. with you. Yeah, I did that today. Yeah, and you can kick his ass, and he gets mad. Yeah, uh, and um, the duel with uh, Toyoko-san. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it is a testament to like really tight design and like budgeting too, because. You could tell this was a, a somebody really wanted to do this mm-hmm. like a passion project because it's on. I always, I always point out that it's on a, a fucking purple disc, which 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 means in reality that means that it's on a CD and not a DVD. So it's a smaller game, mm-hmm. uh, but also it was you know made on a, a cheaper medium to produce for them. So they 
probably cut cost quite a bit by mm-hmm. doing that. You know, they made it all work and they made these little areas feel really alive with the art direction. And you know, we didn't even talk about the music. The music's fucking amazing. Yeah, that's one thing I want to get on is both the music and I was just thinking. I wanted to ask you, what do you think? Uh, what do you think they're going for with the art style of this game? Like the specific look of the characters. It's like like the textures and everything. It's it's very like it's a serene game. Mm-hmm. Like walking around at sunset with that music and like. It's the beautiful, you know, orange to everything. Mm-hmm. They really knew what they were doing. Somebody knew how light worked. They, you know, uh, it, it sort of changes the color of the entire, you know. You know, you're in the same places throughout the whole game, but with different times of day, it feels like something new, too. Mm-hmm. It's like looking at it feels simultaneously like, um, like, like, like a, like an old, uh, period film, but at the same time, it also feels kind of like moving through a giant map painting. Yeah. It like, does. like, like classic Japanese artwork. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really, like, it's just so comforting to mm-hmm. like go back to this, this whole game is comforting for me mm-hmm. not just for nostalgia's sake because it because like when i originally played it i felt the same way it's like you know the, the fucking shakuhachi soundtrack and you know the different the soundtrack is pretty varied it goes from like traditional sort of samurai bow music to like traditional like shakuhachi flute Mm-hmm. And, and like to stuff that's sort of traditional but has like a, a rock kind of infusion with it yeah like and you can see all the different points like the the flute kind of works with like the serene parts or the the downtime the quiet time or it's the daytime and nothing's happening and then there's there's like the battle music that's you know serious but then there's also like battle music that's a little more youthful that's probably kind of in, inspired by the Akadama, uh, the Akadama clan so uh, it's just a really good soundtrack super inspired yeah it's um, pretty good and I feel like they do a good job of uh, really picking their spots with what music goes where because mm-hmm. I know that uh, some of the more rock-infused stuff happens while you're fighting some of the battles, but they're usually, like, the really big ones. And I want to say a variant of, like, the game's opening plays during that last fight. Yeah. Which is it's, nice. It's really... And the same with the, the sequel. The sequel has an amazing soundtrack, too. Mm-hmm. I really... That's part of the reason why I really love the accordion. It just gives it such a fucking interesting like feel. Mm-hmm. Um, the way of the Samurai Two and Tom Waits are part of the big reasons why I really appreciate the accordion. I'm pretty sure there was a point in time where those two things were like your whole world. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they were happening at the same time or not. Uh. I don't know. Probably not at the same time. Um, 
What was I going to say in regard? I want to say, actually, the theme from Way of the Samurai actually plays during the last level of Samurai Western. Hmm. That's interesting. Which was tight. That's cool. Yeah, I fucking love this game so much. It is. It's it's. I've never not enjoyed going back to it, and I'm probably yeah. gonna play, play a bit more of it. Yeah, me too. Um, I guess we can use this time to talk about minor things, incidental things. Um, like, give me a story of like one of your playthroughs, like something weird or funny that happened. Hmm. I don't know. It's hard to like pick out an individual story because I've played it so much that I just know everything that happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Killing people's fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, like today, I kind of tried to. Like the first one I played, I was kind of like a conscientious objector. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't want to join anybody really, mm-hmm. and I kind of stayed out of shit. Yeah. And I did the mega happy ending, and then I tried to see how many of the crew I could kill. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of went over it already, but uh, oh, I did kill Dojima. Um, I, I did that too. Yeah, because today he fucking... I was upgrading my, my sword, and one of the times I asked him to improve the flexibility, mm-hmm. he damaged it, both both attack and defense. Oh, jeez. Yes. Mad. Yeah, from time to time, he'll screw up. Like, I think mm-hmm. I did a whole put a whole lot of work into my sword during my first playthrough, and by the end of it, it had so-so stats and negative life. And I was like, that's it. You die. Yeah, I actually just kept having him upgrade it and then refused to until yeah. I didn't have any money. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Normally that's what you do. You save the biggest upgrade for last, and then when he's like, pay me, you're like, no. Yeah. Um, I really like... This might sound bad, but I, I like fucking with Suzu-san and Don-san. Uh, especially Don San because he's such like the, <laughs> the game paints him as being inept. It does. Uh, even though when you fight him, he's actually kind of tough. Yeah. Um, I feel like he does get a moment near the end of like the mega happy villager ending, where it's like you kind of you, you have to leave him to some some big group of samurai, and he comes out of it okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just the whole like. Well, they 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 allow you to really torment them, (laughs) and knowing you, you probably went full blue flames on the two of them. (laughs) Uh, No, I didn't. But I I I thought about it today. You know, I let their shit be trash. I didn't do anything about it, and then I, I know I fought the guy and then joined. And then I came back. I could have been like, spend one night with me. That would have been Blue Flames. <laughs> it would have been Blue Flames to, what is it, let her, A, let her get uh, taken by Subahachi and then mock Donsan when he can't save her. B, join the Kuro and trash their shop. 
<laughs> C demands she sleep with you to go save Donson. D kill Donson and then come back and tell her, "Oh, he's dead. Give me the money." Yeah. That would be full blue flames. That's what I want to. That's kind of what I want to do on my next playthrough. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> but uh, <coughs> I feel like more than anybody, there's. I feel like he's the person whose ass you can kick the most times without killing them. Yeah. I think so. Um, also, like, his whole... I was thinking about how kind of, like... It's like, come on, dude. Like, you're gonna... Like, this is... You have no... So you're gonna go steal... For, you're gonna break into this place and steal money for her? Yeah, after they've shown up and wrecked their shop and tormented <laughs> them, and one of their guys tried to make off with her, he couldn't. And, like, he couldn't. And marry her caveman style. <laughs> but it's also like, how are you gonna like if you get caught? Like, like I used to think that Teshin was unbeatable when you encounter him because I couldn't beat him. Yeah, he. I think they. They make him. Uh, they crank his AI up a little bit during that encounter. As I want to say, either I died at that point, or I nearly died. Mm-hmm. The first time I had that, because the first time I did that, I was the one carrying the uh, thing, and then I dropped it. Now he caught me trying to pick it up. Mm. Yeah, because I want to say he spams his crazy tornado move. Yeah. You know, going back to, like, how tight their design document is, is you can actually, like, he'll see you and start walking towards you, but you can if you take a long enough route around, yeah. he won't catch you and you can escape without fighting him. Yeah, that's what I did. But it's like, today I whooped his ass because I had a good sword. Mm-hmm. I, I played on normal and got through it, and I picked up a pretty decent sword, and then... And I learned some moves, and then I went through again on easy and learned more moves. And it was it was it's pretty beastly sword. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was your favorite weapon? Um, well, I kind of like the one I found today. I don't know what it was called, but um, I used to have an affinity for the Chigusa, which is the one you hold on the side. Yeah, that one was pretty good. And Shiritoko-san has a version of that, and mm-hmm. Toyoko-san has a version of that. I think I liked Toyoko-san's sword. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm, yeah. Oh, what were your characters that you made today? Um, before I get into that, I want to mention that um, when I was playing the game regularly, my go-to weapon was the uh, the ninja sword, mm-hmm. the one-handed thing. Though that was mainly because like. I liked using the jump attacks. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird one. Uh, um, um, I'm playing through the second character. The first character in his chronicles as a true badass. Shall I recount for you the legend of Taint? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I saw that. Those pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he was uh, very greedy and kind of shitty, but he honored his deals. <laughs> However, when time came for the war to be on, Taint left the village. <laughs> I saw that. That's pretty good. I always like that. 
Beach's Leaf. That's such a great one. I didn't. Yeah. I don't think I realized that for a while. Yeah, when I was trying to spam out points to unlock stuff, I would like put the game on hard difficulty and just walk through the village. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me see. I took some pictures and videos today to jog my memory. Uh, oh yeah, uh, my first guy, young face and the weird green suit. His name was Anal Carnage Four. <laughs> uh, and he, I can't remember. I think he was. What did I? Let's see. I think I did the villager ending on that one because I was kind of staying out of everything, but then then, and I didn't want to join anybody, and then I think I had harassed Suzu-san, maybe mm-hmm. or. Right now, I didn't harass him. I just like, I think I saved her at the beginning, and then I showed up for lunch and didn't help them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, anal carnage for San tried his best to avoid confrontation. I see. But then he got roped into it when Dojima San at told him what was going on. Yeah, Tank killed his ass. <laughs> uh, anal carnage for. Who was it? Oh, and my second one was uh, the the mega happy ending, the mm-hmm. savior of the village, except for Don San, was uh, Joe Montana Sr. <laughs> and That's pretty good. He had an older face with a beard and the Bruce Lee-inspired kimono. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he was kind of a badass. Um, he did, I think... He ignored Suzu-san in the beginning and then showed up and trashed their place. Mm-hmm. So he had very minimal contact with them. But um, It's also a testament to the first time I played, like, Anal Carnage 4-son didn't see, like, hardly any of the Akadama clan mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's cool that you can play through it and beat it without meeting, like, half the characters. Yeah. Or, like, when they do show up, they're very incidental. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time uh, I met them, I was like, oh, new characters. Yeah, because I think I played a lot of that game before I did the Kuro Clan. Something about them really rubbed me the wrong way when I first started playing. Well, it's... And it's I, I could, well, partially... See, I think the guy who bugged me most initially was actually uh, Shiratoko. Wait, he shows up and fucks up the restaurant, too. Well, yeah, and I just had a lot of difficult fights with the guy, and I was just kind of like, mm. oh, fuck this guy. I can't believe I can yeah. work with him. And it's like, oh, and of course, by the end of the game, <laughs> he's my fucking bro. <laughs> yeah, I love him so much. But yeah, he was really, everybody was really tough for me when I first started playing this when I was like a teenager. But now it's kind of, I know when to like kind of lay back. It was still pretty kind of tough to, yeah, like when I got to the last fight on that first playthrough with Anal Carnage Force on, I got to the end and we were fighting uh, Tamagawa at the Kuro headquarters. Mm-hmm. And I had killed everybody and I kept running and I ate every single piece of food in that area of the map. Yeah. So it was a lot of running around mm-hmm. for a normal mode. But I made it through um, and I was proud of that. And then, let's see, you know, Carnage. Oh, yeah. And then uh, the last one, 
I used Suzu San's model and played uh, as a latrine. <laughs> and she, that would see, that's when I wanted to be like, spend one night with me. <laughs> it's funny. I think the first time I played a character that profoundly evil is when you unlock the uh, sensei costume. Which one's the, that? The tutorial lady. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and that was, yeah, I've decided, okay, she's going to be the evilest thing in existence. Yeah, Latrine. Uh, yeah, we ended up getting the most of the Kuro family killed except for Shiritogo-san. Mm-hmm. In fact, everything, because uh, Teshin gets assassinated, Murasaki gets killed by Shiritogo-san, mm-hmm. and killed Tsubahashi while I was saving Don-san, mm-hmm. which... Uh, and then the Akadamas. I feel like somebody died there. I think that one, that ending was kind of weird to me because I, I feel like Shirotoko-san probably made it because they're like they show everybody roped up. They don't show specific characters, but they're alive at the end of your game. Mm-hmm. Like him, uh, Chelsea dies in that ending too. Like, mm-hmm. So him and Karibe were basically the only ones left alive. Hmm. So I did say Don San. Uh, so who knows where they go. Yeah. But but at the end, Kicho's like, let's show them how true samurai live and how true samurai die. So you kind of assume that you and him die. It's like the uh, the Chinese connection ending. Oh, uh, yeah. I guess spoilers. Mm-hmm. It's more like another classic movie yeah but uh but at the end at the little title card at the end there's a quote from him and he's like oh does this mean the akadama clan wasn't strong enough on its own to defeat the government army oh yeah there were always these little hints leading you towards that ending yeah (laughs) yeah i suppose maybe he that was his news were his dying words i don't know Mm mm-hmm yeah, there's. I, re- I remember like <laughs> weird minor things that either like made me laugh or I found amusing, like uh, finding out the way characters see you is completely different depending upon how certain things play out. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you join the Kuro clan, they make you uh, fight against uh, Shiratoko, mm-hmm. and if you do poorly, every interaction you seem to have with them has like this tinge of disgust to it. <laughs> <laughs> Like, uh, if you did well in the battle, then the Shiratoka will thank you for showing up at the meeting place. But if you didn't, then he's like, you're late. <laughs> and when you, when you go to do the job, rather than taking you with them to trash up the place, it's like, he he, he makes you do sentry duty. <laughs> and, like, uh, I think during that initial test, um, well, I can't remember if... Uh, his wife says anything, but Teshin's like, uh, kids these days are such fucking cowards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they treat you like shit. <laughs> yeah. But uh, one of the funny things about being on guard duty is uh, Kiribe actually walks through during that point. You can kind of interact with him, and uh, oh. he'll kill one of the other guards you're talking to, I think, regardless of what happens. Mm. 
Like just just wholesale murders the guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, see, there's all these things that I forgot about. Just all this little um, tiny shit. But I think uh, one of the things that endeared me to Subahachi, in that, like, I honestly at that point believed, okay, he really, he's 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 a fucking idiot, but he does mm-hmm. genuinely have like genuine feelings for Suzu. Mm-hmm. Is uh, when you're like on the route to the. Uh, <laughs> To the uh, the the super good villager ending, uh, you go to like the Kuro compound. I can't remember why you end up there, <laughs> but he's just like when you find him, he's just lying on the ground. <laughs> and then you can sit there and try to convince him to come with you, and he's just hella shitty. And then you're like, but what about Suzuzan? And he literally like pops up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like what? No, she's in danger. Yeah, that was my. Uh... I think it has the villager ending. Yeah. Because you, you fight them at the at the place, mm-hmm. at the Kuro village. Mm-hmm. But, uh... Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, that fight, too, that test, like, depends on how... Like, they yell at you if you move too far away. She's like, hey, he can't see you, and then you get paid a different amount. Mm-hmm. Depending on how well you do in the fight. Yeah, I think... No, no, no. I can't remember what I got for that fight. I think the most I made during that route is... uh, I guess I did a good job wrecking up that place. Because they Mm -hmm. gave me, like, 56. Mm, Yeah. I think you gave me 48. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you just act like a total piece of shit. But, I think he de- he doesn't like it if you try to start a fight though. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think you have to avoid um, throwing shit at, at people. You just throw shit around. Mm-hmm. Or I think you can pull out your sword and actually try and fight Don Sam. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think my favorite instances of doing that. I'm not sure if it was me or if I was watching you, but one of us did it where. <laughs> And I know I saw an NPC do this too. Is uh, if you time it right, you can be holding something <laughs> as the cutscene ends, and then you just straight walk out with it. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't remember which one of us did it, but I know one of us did it. <laughs> so you'd end up walking out with the cat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like trying to walk out with that under like mundane circumstances, and she calls you out. She's like, oh, what are you doing with our happy cat? Like, what you doing with our meowth? Mm-hmm. Um, I could have swore I thought of one more while I was talking about that. Uh, oh, no, I was thinking about something from 2. Um, I think that's why each faction in 2 has some sort of working job element to it. Because mm-hmm. if you really wanted money playing through this game, you had to join with the Kuro because I don't mm. think anyone else paid you. Yeah, the Akadama clan doesn't... They don't really give you jobs, do they? They don't no. pay you. Um, you can earn it... Well, you can steal from the Kuro clan. Mm-hmm. You can extort a little bit out of Suzu-san, <laughs> as we've discussed. Uh, occasionally, uh, guys will drop money. Yeah, I think you get money from uh, the, the Battle Royale. Oh yeah, yeah you can. 
Yeah, I think they give you money for each guy you take down. Mm. Um, I forgot what else. But yeah, it seems like uh, in the case of 2, they just kind of took all the enjoyable elements of this game and added to it. Because mm-hmm. what I'm thinking about now is that there was actually both an element of like uh, crossroad killings where if you're wandering around at night sometimes uh, rogue samurais will just attack you mm-hmm. and it'll be still they'll usually note okay I, I want to test out my new blade or my sword must taste blood or you know <laughs> just some of that shit mm-hmm. but there's also a uh, informant you can talk to who's at that sort of carnival ground during the day Mm-hmm. Or at some point at night. And uh, one, <laughs> she is some kind of like transsexual because uh, if you hit on her, she tells you she's a guy. <laughs> but, you know, she'll like, if you give her certain amounts of money, she'll tell you, okay, the samurai is going to be here. He's got a good sword. Or mm. if you pay this amount, you can get a better sword. I think at the highest level, she may actually tell you where you can meet like named NPCs. Hmm. But, uh, blah, blah, blah. I can't think of anything else we really need to cover. Yeah, I think we got most of it. You want to do recommendations? Well, I think we're both thinking of at least one of the same recommendations. We are. Yeah. And that is Samurai Fiction. Yep. Such a good movie. It's got all the adorable and charmness. It's got charmness. the same brand of silliness to it. Yeah, it's super sweet and charming too. Mm-hmm. Um, which this game can be, mm-hmm. <laughs> depending on how you play. If you allow it to. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's just such an adorable fucking movie, and I actually it's been so long since I've watched it that I really want to. I need to rewatch that soon. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Um, might actually be a 90s movie. Pretty sure um, it is. But, yeah, I just got a... It was an MTV Japan production. So I think it aired on TV and it starred a, a rock star out there named uh, Hote, Hote Tomoyasu. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it's got so much style and it just reminds me so much of Way of the Samurai and like... He did all the music too, and the music is. I wish more of his music sounded like that mm-hmm. because it's super like it's cool and it's fucking quirky and charming. It's it's kind of like Way of the Samurai the movie. Yeah, it's really as close as you're gonna get. Like mm-hmm. even down to like the characterization, there's that sort of like perfect blend of taking. I think it was, this was something I wanted to say in regards to Last Dragon. It's not the film taking itself seriously. It's the camp taking itself seriously. Mm-hmm. Where uh, the characters kind of hit this sweet spot of like playing that period role and still being kind of goofy. Mm-hmm. Um, another one is that kind of feels like if 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 samurai fiction is way of the samurai won the movie then i think sukiyaki western django is way of the samurai to the movie oh really yeah it's that is it's just so 
and maybe a little bit of samurai western. It actually is a, a western with mm-hmm. sam- samurai in it, like a samurai western. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's such a fucking fun movie, and like it's so stylish and silly and over the top and mm-hmm. weird. It does it does a lot, it combines a lot of elements that don't necessarily get mashed together all the time, but kind of. And it's also an interesting dynamic because all these samurai western mix-ups um Mm -hmm. because a lot of our italian western films that we got over here in the west were Mm -hmm. based off of those samurai films so there's a lot of co-love over there Mm -hmm. a lot like uh west dragon and it happens when you kind of mix those two things that mutually this is like the baby that you get yeah (laughs) And I want to say there's at least a couple um, movies where they just flat out have the two crossover. <laughs> and I can't remember the name of the one I saw as a kid where it was like two films, one where the samurai comes to the West and then the other where the cowboy goes back to Japan with the samurai to help him with something. Hmm. Yeah. And I think I saw a clip for another one, and I think the cowboy may have been played by Charles Bronson. Huh. That sounds interesting. Yeah, I wish I could... I, I just, at some point, I need to, like, buckle down and track down <laughs> these films. But there's at least two films where you get that crossover. Mm, that sounds really cool. I'm like, And I love Charles Bronson, so... And, but, you know, I guess it's just they're kind of, like, similar times for very different cultures. Mm-hmm. They're like, both of them basically have a character that is the man with no name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's not Japan. Not to confuse Chinese and Japanese, but <laughs> Shanghai Noon and Shanghai Nights. <laughs> a little bit of East meets West yeah. for that ass. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a movie called The Good, The Bad, and The Weird. I was that thinking, is- I haven't seen it, but I've been... I think about that the what I've like. I think about the picture of that movie I have in my head every time I play this. It's really great. It's really fucking great. Um, it's it's actually a straight up. It's basically a Korean remake of the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, with a lot more zaniness and like shoot 'em up craziness. Um, I, I don't know if there's any. I can't remember. I don't really think there's much sword play or or like kung fu in it mm-hmm. or you know fighting in general yeah. uh, taekwondo in the case of korea mm-hmm. but um but it's a it's a really fucking good watch too and it's sort of the same sort of east meets west thing i mean it's literally a korean remake of the good the bad and the ugly but mm-hmm. with over the top action it's really fun it's been a while since i've seen it oh yeah um. Yeah, I feel like there's there's tons more. Um, if I can recommend something a bit further off the path, but still having something in common. Um, trying to remember. Oh, I think it's called Alpha Protocol. The game. Yeah. And that's and that game is an effort to do a sort of a choose your own adventure style game, mm-hmm. except uh, 
not to the degree of um, Way of the Samurai, but in a similar vein. There's a very big effort to make things smaller and fill the gaps rather than make it bigger and increase the choices. Yeah. And I like went through and I played the ever-loving shit out of that game, similar to how I played through Way of the Samurai. Yeah. Actually, I own a copy on PS3 that I still haven't played yet. I got it for super cheap. Mm-hmm. Hey, you'll be able to get through it uh, pretty quick. Mm. And just like how, how tight everything is in there as well. It's the same sort of thing where you can kind of see how things would have played out had you had you not shown up. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I just thought of, and it might be just because I watched one of these movies and have the other three nearby um, in our that, uh, sword sword for truth episode I mentioned one of the influences on that was a uh, fictional character in a series of movies uh, called um, Nemuri Kyoshiro I watched the first of the first of those movies recently and Nemuri Kyoshiro feels kind of like uh, what I think uh, Toyoko-san is supposed to be. Hmm. He's definitely that kind of character with uh, maybe a bit more a bit more pronounced edge to him. Hmm. And I think it, it it's I guess a more serious take on this kind of story because the stories usually involve him. Uh, Kyoshiro blowing into town and then shit that was already going down changing due to his influence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like this. Um, we gotta we gotta mention the obvious um, inspiration here, Yojimbo. Yeah, I suppose so. Uh, and Sanjiro. Yeah. Uh, there's a modern-day anime adap- adaption of Yojimbo called Kaze no Yojimbo, which is hmm. okay. Interesting. It's really weird. There's, like, really weird effects and storytelling elements that I can't tell if these were meant to be artistic or if they were meant to be a due to budget constraints or some combination of the two. Hmm. I don't know how many of them work, but it's fascinating to see that. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Um. Yeah, just it's hard not to recommend just a bunch of samurai movies in general. Yeah. I I've been feeling especially weeby as of late, so. Mm. It's all been right up my alley. Yeah, this is funnily enough. I just I've been in a big Western kick lately. Mm-hmm. And it just keeps coming up. But yeah, I, I don't know if I have anything else to recommend. All right. Well, uh, anything you want to talk about before um, we leave the pass? Uh, if you haven't played this game, do yourself a favor and get a copy of it somehow. Yeah. It's rough because PS2s are old, but I'm, if you can afford it and you can 
get it, like get it online or however you can. This game is a fucking gem. It's definitely yeah. worth it. I'm glad it's not totally forgotten and that it did get sequels. And, mm. and that people, every once in a while when there's certain threads on GAF, it kind of comes up a little bit. But it's, it's also, a- there's also the element of the whole let's play phenomena at work. Mm-hmm. It'll pop up in like weird pockets of the internet because some really big uh, group did a let's play of it. And, you know, people discovered it. Interesting. That's kind of cool. Although yeah. I wish we had been the first to do that. <laughs> well, I, I want to do that, but yeah. that's not going to happen until I can get a better computer. Yeah, we should. It'd be fun to get a nice rig and set it all up and go through it together. Yeah, part of why I want to do that is so I can stop bugging you guys about wanting the podcast more. If I got mm-hmm. something I can do by myself, then it won't be that big a deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But also, I think some of our Resident Evil playthroughs just deserve to be seen on the internet. <laughs> yeah, those are those especially are... when we play through five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> AKA the Adventures of Captain Sheva and White Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be fun. We could do some conviction. Oh yeah, that was those were pretty good. We played the shit out of that game. Yeah, we destroyed that game. I just fucking unmentionable shit to that game. Yeah. I wish can't wear white at its wedding. I wish we could they would uncap the frame rate or there's a way to do that because it's just so it's obnoxious to play it. Because it's locked at 30, but then it's constantly like going sub-30 when we're playing it. It's really annoying. Yeah. I wish we could have got the uh, blacklist working. Yeah. I've been thinking about trying it again. Uh, Let me know. Yeah. I'd like to play it with you. I, it's been a while, so it's not like I'll be able to spoil shit or anything. Cool. Yeah, it's to a point where I think it's old enough that this computer, this laptop might be able to run it. Okay. That'd be be cool. But yeah, also my computer's gone through so many updates, so maybe something's changed. Hopefully. Uh, Anything you want to say to the audience? Uh, All I have to say is... Anyway, uh, the song you're listening to is Synthetic Highway. If you uh, want to hear more like it, check out its creator, Submorphine, at SoundCloud.com. SoundCloud.com slash S-U-B hyphen M-O-R-P-H-I-N-E. The song you'll hear next is our promo theme, Anime Raku. Uh, please check the uh, creator of Anime Raku out at Facebook.com slash Squarion. S-Q-U-A-R-I-O-N um, Oh yeah, I have a Twitter uh, at OldTakuConnect 
if you want to, you know, make a weird samurai noises at Mike, you can uh, get him on Twitter at Hyper90s. And if you want to see what our uh, missing co-host is doing, head on over to at NAGP Returns. If you want to contact the network as a whole, you can uh, find us on Facebook.com slash Radio at Radio on Twitter, or you can subscribe to us on Android, iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud, SoundCloud slash Radio. Um, oh yeah, I have an a, a officially unofficial Gmail account for this podcast at oldtakuconnection at gmail.com or oldtakuconnection at gmail.com I, I mix up the orders and the ads between Gmail and Twitter all that other crap anyway <clears throat> I gotta try and make myself exercise and then uh, go deposit a check and buy some groceries and do all that lame ass adult shit so um, thank you for listening have a good night. Joe said it! Joe's one that said it! Rewind! That's why they call this thing Bloodsport, kid.